dealing with reason, considering defining my terms in a formal way to get words completely off my what exactly does this mean list. Reason is on that list because the problem between people who don't believe in God and the people who do, they both have their reasons for it. And the problem between just about anybody, it's got a problem. The reason is something that is out of balance. There are two sides to every argument, two sides to every story. I grew up in a world that was that kind of balanced. There was not a honor to be redeemed aspect to reasons for doing something. If you offended someone, it was your duty to discover the offense, not defend your right to have offended by virtue of who and what you believed you were or your cultural status positioned you to be so you could piss on me or I could spit on you. And I would think I was right in doing what I'd done and you'd think you were right in doing what you did as if it were your privilege of your class because you were reared that way to think that there are some people who are better than others and if anybody were going to believe something like that they would need to believe that they were in that alpha class, that they were the betters. Even if they found themselves born into a poverty-stricken family somewhere, once they got wind of this concept that some people are better than others, unless they were fully tamed by their culture, to believe that that was true, they're going to think that I'm just in the wrong class somehow. Somehow there was a sorting process that took place and I ended up among the low brow, but I'm actually a high brow and so on and so forth. All the various ways there are to classify men, leaders and followers, kings and priests and peasants. It's pretty much the way that it all comes down. And then peasants are reclassified as peasants who learn how to use money and thereby learn how to use concentration of labor
to collect greater value in one coin than a man might be able to earn in a day. And how money started working may or may not have been a good thing, I don't know. But when the love of it started, things began to go in what we here in the Northern Hemisphere would refer to as a southerly direction. We're kind of... Me. The mind I have made up is made up completely of Northern Hemispherical gods, ideas, spirits, inspirations, thoughts about how men are intended to function. If we get rid of all the lies that you believe and all the lies that I believe, and we come flat scratch, enemy mind, Friday and that shipwrecked white guy. To really put thought into those situations during the days of, you know, white man's burden was still pretty much on most people's minds in my childhood where I grew up, Kingman, Arizona. I asked my oldest uncle, who died just before Christmas in 2019, I asked him if there had really ever been a sign outside Kingman, Arizona that said, in word, and I hate to do that, but it offends people if you say nigger and you're white. But the sign said, nigger, don't let the sun set on you. And the first colored man I ever met in my life, I met on the front lawn of my granddaddy's house. And we're not talking giant lawn here. We're talking about 15 by 10 foot square of clover and ryegrass and dicondra and a little bit of Bermuda grass. Whatever you could get to grow in fill dirt behind the garage and gas station and which sat next to the junkyard on Highway 93 across the street from the Loma Vista Motel, which is in the Green Book as a place where colored folks could find refuge should their travel to the west require that they needed to stop. There was another place in Kingman, Arizona that's on the Green Book too. It was the White Court Motel. I have a a strange family saga that has taken form since a friend of mine hooked me up with Ancestry.com, but among the memories that come back 
is that during those times when restaurants and motels barred black people, there was this black gentleman talking with my grandpa on his front porch and the black gentleman did have a coon in a cage on the lawn. It was like nibbling on oranges or something, whatever. And I was probably three years old and I stuck my finger into that cage and, and just as I stuck my finger in the cage, you know, the first word I ever heard from the mouth of a black man was, Boy, don't! And that coon bit my finger. So I have this rock-solid memory. Would have been like 1951. My grandfather was fellowshipping with a, a black man when the only word I knew for black men was nigger. And if I were to make a what they call a slingshot, what Deepak Chopra calls a slingshot, one of those uh, Walt Disney... King Arthur tale kind of slingshot where somewhere King Arthur got a stretchy vulcanized rubber band to make a missile launcher out of. And Deepak Chopra goes into a whole slingshot analogy based on that vulcanized technology that just didn't exist in the times when King Arthur and his magic were supposed to have existed. But they did in my granddaddy's junkyard because cars had tubes in their tires in those days. And you could take a pair of shop scissors. My grandpa had a pair of big old scissors that could cut right through an inner tube. And you make these big old rubber bands and just cut a fork into any willow branch, any branch you could find that had a Y fork in it, and you could whittle it down into what we called a nigger shooter. And I'm sorry if that offends you, but I was four or five years old. I didn't know any other words for it until I was high school, I guess. I met my first black student who was the... Uh, son of the boss of Job Corps out at the airport in Kingman, Arizona. This bubble I came to maturity in is far different than the bubble that some of the people I listen to on YouTube came to maturity in. I watch a lot of Royal Institute lectures because I can, because for a few years now I have been rejoicing in the fact that one of the last conversations I had with my father was him regretting that he had never gone to college. And uh, I regret that I never could convince him that the Internet would give him access to all the books in the world and he could learn anything he wanted to learn. 
It was before YouTube, so he didn't really have the access to just sitting on lectures from Harvard and MIT and Yale Open Courses. There are so many out there, and you can get every side of every story on YouTube these days. And while everybody is in this state of not really knowing how are we going to be governed when the COVID-19 crisis is passed, are we going to continue to live the way we have lived where the economy itself is driven on usury? And the primary reason for borrowing at these usurious rates is to be constantly prepared for war. And one of the most recent sales pitches that somebody must have made to somebody, which, you know, they haven't done the thing yet, we could still stop it, but they voted back while they were trying to impeach Donald Trump, they voted for like this. $450 billion military budget, which included refurbishing of nuclear weapons. Now, these are baby boomers that are voting on doing these things, and they ought to have a say in the future. They should get off the bench. They should get out of Congress. They should stop running for president and give the kids the bombs. Say, y'all do what you want to do with these things. But we learned in our generation that they are good for nothing. They are good for nothing. And that would be a good idea to come away from the COVID virus with everybody in the world to just put their foot down and say, hey, come on, be reasonable. Be reasonable. Who justifies war? Tradition. Tradition justifies war. See, that's not enough, man. We had the fiddler on the roof giving us that lesson for my whole generation. For my whole generation, we had the survivors of the Holocaust making sense of something that made no sense whatsoever. And none of them that made sense of it claimed that it was reasonable. It was a nonsensical, actual thing that happened, and it was completely unreasonable and unjustifiable. There is no war that does not meet those criteria. Completely possible, completely unjustifiable, unjust absolutely not right under any conditions. There is no cause that justifies war. The cause that causes war is pride. And pride produces children. And in cosmic moments like this one that we are having right now where we are between two worlds, 
anybody who is paying attention can say, I can keep peace in myself. I can do that in this time of social distancing, so I can do it when it's time to shake people's hands and hug them. But if I was a salesman and my entire job was talking people into buying things that they don't need, if the strongest weapon that I had in my case was the little seeds of doubt and desire that had been planted in people's hearts as they watched television ad after television ad after television ad, news story after news story after news story after news story, Till they walked in, they were almost persuaded, and all you had to do was sweeten the deal with a little lie. And you know the salesman's motto, and the best-selling author's motto, and the politician's motto, liars prosper. Well, you reach a certain age in your life, and you say... There is no one muzzling me. There may not be anybody listening to me, but I can still say it. Nothing is going to be the same from now on. And individually, if we will cease leaning backwards to the way things were, and begin to lean forward into our best imagination. Not, oh, what it would be like if we were the Nazis. No. What would it be like if we were the villagers? And we knew everybody in the village. And we knew that we could trust the cobbler to give us good shoes. And so on and so forth down the line. It's a huge global economy, but it could be villagized. Just as all the usury that has piled up out there since they made laws that made it legal to charge more than 10% interest and made laws that they could loan money to any kid that said he wanted to go to college, whether he had any intention to go to learn anything or not. This kid could borrow money, but he could never be forgiven that debt. He would have to pay it back. It's the law. And uh, my entire generation has been servant to the lender our entire life. Because the greatest generation, the guys who made the money on building those bombs, they didn't really step out of their chairs until they were too old to be there, very Queen Elizabeth-like in what they did. They did that in universities, they did it in corporations, and then when they finally did step away and let their boomer children come in in their 60s, those boomer children are reluctant to quit. You know, they've only had 15 years in the top slot, and they really, really want to leave a legacy. No, it's time to step down, guys. Queen Elizabeth too. It's time to step away and say, 
here, kids, you can have the football. We built these bombs, but they're good for nothing. We can't lie to you. They, they didn't help anything. They made everything worse. And there's enough power wrapped up in them to power Los Angeles for a year or two, I think, if we add it all up. But, but in the long run, what they can potentially do to harm the world after we've gone through what we've gone through with COVID-19 as a globe, as a whole world, it's just silly to think that these old people, this generation that is in past that 70-year mark, I'm telling you, past there, if you haven't made peace in your own heart by that time and say, hey, I've lived a really good life. I have lived a wonderful life. And if you can't feel pretty confident that if your children followed in your footsteps, they would at least be as happy as you are when they die. Not be fretting about hell, not be fretting about heaven, not be fretting about some political party aligning with some other political party. So this is maybe the first of a whole bunch of COVID-19 random raps that are giving me backup for something that I'm writing, which I think out loud and I'm able to listen to myself and try to make better sense of it. I hope you're listening. And I hope everything is going well with you and that there is not a fret in your life that you can't make sense of and just fold it up and put it away. I hope to talk to you in the future. Bye.